I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. TLDR, you guys are awesome. I find it hilarious, Nicholas, that our reels and Tic Tacs, where I am insulting you, mm. get the most views mm. that we we have. Period. It, it, it's 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 it, it makes perfect sense. And oh, welcome yes. back to TLDR. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Doctor Joe. With me, as always, is my honking crime. But together, we are the Woodward and Bernstein of the DSG, which I am friggin' pumped. For what's coming this week, Nicholas? Ooh. How you doing? Yes, I am. Well, you know, good way, good, good pivot off of the insult off the top because I am more excited about uh, Sean Lewis than I am about you taking another shot at me and people enjoying that. But whatever, it's the way it goes when you're the Jessica Simpson of podcasting. I understand that. Oh, um, don't put yourself in that rarefied air. Oh, I'm not the one that did it. Billy D did it, not me. It's all Billy, <laughs> and, and I don't know if it was an insult or a compliment, but I'm always going to take that. It would be a compliment, Jessica Simpson in her prime. But I don't think it gets any better. Thank you very much. Um, but anyways, with yeah, I, so if you're listening to this instead of watching the live stream, which we always do on Tuesday at 1.30, although next week might be a little bit of a different time because we have something planned for you guys. Um, if you're listening to that audio version, though, we did have our, uh, our interview with Sean Lewis finally dropped this week because the score is finally out this week, hitting the shelves on Wednesday. We will be talking about a little bit today, but we've promoted the hell out of this. We just wanted to remind you if you are watching us live now or if you're listening later on and haven't listened to that interview, it was a fun one. A lot was discussed. Make sure you pick up the scores if you're interested at all in the Spawn stuff. And uh, make sure you listen to the interview. If you want to know more, too, Sean, of course, is also the writer of King Spawn. So some insight there as well. Really, uh, you always enjoy having Sean on the show. Yeah. Yeah. The conversation was great. And finally getting to read the scores. <sighs> Holy shit, Nicholas. Holy shit. But we will, we will save that talk for just a few moments. We actually had a couple of big uh, bits of news. Yeah, I was booked. So this one blew me away and I had to go back through the, the, the release, but we found out that we, you know, recently Tom Taylor, right, got the exclusive deal with DC, which makes sense that it would happen with DC or if someone was doing it with Marvel, totally understand something like that because those companies, you know, pay your know, writers for hire and everything. But when you're dealing with someone like image where you are, it's creator owned. They don't have say unless you're doing something under like Top Cow or maybe like Sean with Todd McFarlane on Spawn or or um, or Skybound. Like those are different. Those are their own things and whatever. Somebody somebody does call the shots there. We find out that Jeff Lemire now has an exclusive deal with Image over the the entire 2022 year. Yeah, which a is awesome, mm -hmm. and b I hope to hell. I hope with every ounce of my being, we can get an interview with Jeff Lemire. Yeah. I mean, right? Like we, we got him because I've been dying to talk to him and I, and I know he's got some really great horror stuff planned for image um, later on uh, in the year, which is going to be great. Right. But it, you know, it's interesting too, because like we saw, we saw all the, the big hullabaloo with Substack, Right back mm -hmm. in the fall right and lemire was one of those guys he was he was doing a lot mm. of stuff for stub substack in the beginning mm. and i've been seeing sort of less and less stuff there with him so like i'm wondering it, it, are the comic book you know are the studios like actually worried about substack or are they just like you know what we're gonna just we're just gonna poach these guys and and make sure that you know you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't think they're worried about Substack, but at the same time, like, let's just make sure, right? Yeah, let's just it's, make it's, sure it, they don't cut us out completely. Well, and the people that would definitely worry about it more, you would think, would be someone like an image, because yeah. as much as they give a great deal for for writers and creators and everything like that, um, they're like Substack does provide something else, and in if you, I guess if if you see it as a legitimate threat, and then you see all these big names moving over, of course, like Scott, like Donny Cates, like Jeff Lemire, like Rodney Chip, all these different people, some of them are going to use it in a certain way that's going to cause a threat to your business model, and then some, and, and, and if it succeeds, then I don't know what that does to Image. Um, I think Donny Cates is using; they're all using it a little bit differently. I am interested in how Donny Cates is using it. Of course, Rodney, we talked to him about it. Sure. Um, in the stories he's doing over there but like that's that's a great example right rodney has nita haas rodney has uh Philadelphia over at image but then he's got the um the gunslinger from hell story that he's doing over there and uh, 
like that's a story that he said fits better in a digital platform, but still like image is losing out on that one too, because now Rodney has an outlet to go elsewhere with it. So, but those are shorts, I believe too, right? Like you yes. said, those are only a few pages. They're not, they're not like, sure. But, they, but if Rodney didn't have that space to do it over there, yeah. what's to say he wouldn't like, why would he go to like dark horse or, or somewhere else to do it? Like right. why he, he, he would probably find a way to do it at image. Like you could easily just say, I'm going to publish this, this book, like an anthology book or whatever, or something right. like, and, and have a bunch of different short stories. The, the image would find a way if there's money to be made, they would find a way. And that's the place you go to with it. But now, now you can go and do it on Substack. Well, but it's also interesting too, because he started, sub, he started at Substack mm. and then he signed the exclusive deal with image. It so is. how, yeah. how lucrative really was Substack for him in this, in these first say six months? And you I know? do an idea. You got for him to say, you know what? All right, yeah. Image. I mean, I'm sure Image threw, you know, gave him a bag, mm. you know, of cash. But DC also offered a bag of cash to Tynan. So I think it's more about, you know, you know, I think just there's a certain structure when you've got something like Image, and when you're with the studio versus like Substack, you got to just do it all. And um, I think well, there's something to be so said. Good. I think there's something to be said about someone going. Okay, I'm gonna dip my feet into Substack, and he was all in at one point, like mm. in terms of like this. Now, what Lemire was doing through Substack was mostly like, you know, uh, here's like old books that are no longer in circulation. Let me put these on my Substack for people to read or to buy. And he'd put art on there and certain like he was doing more of that kind of stuff versus mm. like actual, you know, from what it from what I gathered for, as opposed to like actual original content, but mm. like. I don't know. There, I think there's something like, again, come this fall, we will really see the impact of Substack. Yeah. I think that, you know? that is, that is, that's, you've been right on that the whole time. Like, what does it look like a year after? Um, but the other thing is, too, what's like double, I guess, weird about this is like, if Dark Horse came through and it was like that he got an exclusive deal with them, it would make more sense because their, their business model, as far as I understand it, is, is more similar to uh, a marvel or a dc whereas image is like if you're not skybound top cow or doing stuff with todd like and even then i don't know about stuff with todd necessarily we never asked sean specifically about that but it's like it's more free-flowing it is your own thing they don't have creative like say over what you do or creative power so to get a contract with them and, and of course image isn't sharing the details in this and you know we're not you know we have jeff lemire's here to go and ask him about these things it just it's it's a whole new thing that I don't remember ever seeing from image before, like them getting contracts with anybody like this. Well, it's, it's kind of funny too. And I don't know if one, if, if, if the two things are related or not, but um, image just unionized. Right. That's true. Right. So I wonder if that plays and what kind of role or factor that plays in mm -hmm. this process as well, you know? Yeah. So again, this is like, you know, I want to talk to Jeff Lemire because I want to talk to him about all the books he's done. Uh, but this would be a great question, right, to talk about, like, you know, what was it that was appealing about Substack? Mm. Uh, but then what led to you going sort of all in, you know, with Image, right? Yeah. And, and, and maybe he'd give us some insight. And maybe not. Who knows? But, mm. like, that would be, I think, an interesting uh, conversation. Okay. Uh, it, it will be one of the more interesting conversations we had because of just his breadth of work and all the shit he's written, but um, I gotta think yeah. it's the upside that image provides. I mean, to me, like, cause I, I just wonder if that's what it comes down to a subsect. Like, yeah, you can, it's successful and a good thing to have, but like the upside isn't there. Maybe you just view it differently too. Like the, all these, yeah. clearly all of these creators are viewed it differently. And maybe he sees it as more of an accent piece where some of these other creators are like, this is where we're going to do our shit. This is our yeah. platform. That's it, period. And we've seen it with other writers too. Like, it's funny. I remember seeing this more. We saw this at comics at the same time. And I didn't know much about Substack beforehand. Then I go over to, you know, work and whatnot. And I see Mark Stein, from formerly from the New York Times and ESPN, you know, basketball reporter and everything, now has his own Substack. And that's what he does. So, like, it's right. clearly, it's everybody views it differently. And they're trying to figure out how to do it effectively. And I like something like that, but at the same time, with with comics, I like it a little bit less so than with reporting, maybe more so. But whole other story. Um, but yeah, so that that is that was the big bit of news that we got this week. It was quite odd. Um, yeah. But we want to get to what's new. Before that, though, we have to do catching up. And you and I both did a healthy amount of reading this week. Um, of course, we had nothing else to prepare for because we already had the interview in the can. But uh, what have you been catching up on since we last spoke? 
Uh, so I fi- I did a whole bunch of catching up on um, AWA books. Uh, mm. So before I discuss those, because we're gonna, we're, I want to talk about a couple of them. Yeah. Um, caught up on Darth Vader. We continues to just be a very solid series and join the hell out of it. Uh, finally read Basilisk number five. Uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Woo! You still got six to read too. I know I still have six to read, but five was great. And so again, this is another series too where there's been a little bit of you know time in between some issues. So I want to go back mm, and there was reread yeah. them all. This isn't like um, um, uh, ordinary gods. I just want to reread it again, like because mm-hmm. it's it's so freaking good. Um, Red Sonia, uh, which came out last week, number five. <laughs> again, fan. That series is so good that it's making me want to read more Red Sonia. And we get to um, you know what's new in just a moment. There is a Red Sonia book that dropped this week. I will be looking for. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Um, Dark Hawk number four. Uh, from our guy by, Kyle Higgins. Absolutely. From our guy Kyle Higgins. Um, so the, actually, uh, on the Red Sonia, you know, you don't have a set date plan for that, right? No, because I, I I think it's ongoing. So you could, and, and I know you're going to do a bunch of research because obviously that's a that's a title that's been around for a long time. But this is Mirka and Dolphel's run that you're reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know have planned to do Sweet Paprika on Valentine's Day, like whatever our Valentine's Day episode is. Maybe we yeah. could just make it a Mirka and Dolphel Appreciation Day since it's you know. I, I like where your head's at, but no, I got something far better. Oh, I should do- say far better. I've got I. I've got something I've been wanting to read, and it just it just fits with Valentine's Day so perfectly. Did you tell me already that I'm forgetting? Uh, yes, of course. Okay, well, Zdarsky, baby. Um, it's not hitting, it's not hitting me right now. But it, either way, you you'll tell me later, and I'll and I'll yeah. be pissed. I forgot. But then you said there were some. Uh, actually, I read a few of these uh, AWA titles as well. So, what one yeah. do you want to dig into first? Uh, so I want to dig into Not All Robots Five mm. uh, because you know what you talked about last week is like had we known that this was going to be an ongoing series, we would have read. We would have looked at the series completely differently. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I get exactly what you mean because, like, issue five was such a cock tease. Yeah, such a cock tease. The way mm-hmm. that book what unfolded in that issue, like this is even even wouldn't even knowing that this was a five issue. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing. Like they're going to have another you know another volume after this. Mm-hmm. This should have happened in issue three. And we should have gotten more of the world that we're introduced to in this issue, like earlier on. Like hmm. issues two and three, to me, like while some important things happen, like I don't know, I feel like you could have you could have consolidated gotten... those. Like you could exactly. you could have consolidated. Yeah, because it, it was two, two. I think three is the one where I had like the real like wait, what's going on? Because that was the whole thing with the cyborgs, right? When we met like the cyborg looking wife, right? Yeah, That's yeah. The yeah. Three. So like it was like okay cool but like wait what um that that's the one that really hit me hard but two we were absolutely like kind of confused by the direction if you consolidated those two into one four make that into the third one and then make this one the fourth it would have flowed a lot better and it probably wouldn't have mattered as much to us about knowing whether it's ongoing or not um at that point would have been fine finding out later oh we're going to get more this is only the first volume of this title right but the but the best part of like the best part of the series was the first issue in the last issue. Mm. And 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 what we get introduced to in this last issue wasn't even teased, wasn't even mentioned. There's not even a fucking breadcrumb mm-hmm. of you know this this ancillary this outside world that they introduced. Yeah. We needed at least throughout the the first arc some breadcrumbs, some teases because you're you're cuz the it's it's a it's a really it's written well, mm. right? But one I've said this all along: the satire is a little too much. It's a little too on the nose mm. and a little too like in your face. Mm. Um, but like, had there been like, you know, some panels or like I said, some breadcrumbs of showing us this this other like thing, it would have it would have been that much better. I think that 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 is a way that issues could have been resolved because you're right. It's not the dialogue necessarily that's the issue, or the um, it's it's more the plotting that we see in the course of yeah. all this because the, the the tone of the the tone is clear the entire time. What they're trying to accomplish is clear. I don't the satire for me it hits home the whole time. It's just that 
there don't are certain get me wrong. It's not it's not off, but it's just like oh, okay. It's too yeah. much. It's too it's too much of it. They're, they're getting too in the weeds at times. Where it's like, it, don't get me wrong. Like we want to learn about these characters who we're going to spend more time with, but you're doing like just things are slowing down too much, and this feels like it could be like ratcheted up to like ten the entire time. And and, and honestly, I think I think the breadcrumbs would have helped, but I think you just consolidate two and three together. Even the surprise we get at the end about this entire outside world still would have like you would have been like, wait a minute, what? You still like it would have been a cool addition, not something you needed to lean on throughout the series. It was it was it was dropped on you. You had no idea of its existence, and it was dropped on you, and then it flies through it, and then it just ends. Like mm. that's a pacing problem. Mm. Right? That's a pick because it was that's what the series issue is, hundred percent. It's a great it gets, concept. It, it gets so bogged down and it's 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 almost berserker level, right? Where like the first issue comes out with a bang and it sets the tone, mm. and then you flatline. I wouldn't do it to this title. Don't do that to this title. Berserker well, is spinning its tires the entire true. series, pretty much. But like both both books, right? The first issue comes out, sets the tone. And four was really good too. Right. We let you, you know, you, yeah, you, yeah, it was good. Like, but it like it does, you know, and yes. and then you get this big, Whoa! you know, mm. and 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 again, it's hurt. By the fact that we weren't told, you know, initially that it was going to be ongoing, and then you get so it's like, it's it's it was a giant cock tease at the end. Yeah, I think. And had they had they implanted those seeds a little bit earlier, like in some of the earlier issues, and you had you had at least some concept, even just mm-hmm. a vague reference that it's a you know a complete and utter wasteland outside. It it would have changed the dynamic mm, for sure for the oh, better. That that would that it absolutely would have helped. I but I think that. To me, like just adding that is like a band aid that doesn't doesn't cover the whole wound. I think it's two and three. Like th- those issues are, are th- that's where the problem is. You fix well, you right. fix, you consolidate there, and then everything looks like the things that frustrated us are much less of an issue. I right. think. Yeah, yeah. I'll, either I'll way, I just I just problems. wish that we because I, I that's how I felt at the end of reading. I'm going, why haven't we heard about this at all yet? Like <laughs> if you're gonna do that, you introduce like mm. the the way it should have been done. It should have ended with her coming out of the chute, landing, you know, outside the walls, and then you just see the malicious, and that's how it should have ended. And then you spend mm. the entire second arc doing that backstory of the world outside. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. ideally, that's how I, I that that's how it should have been done. Yeah. They gave us a little too much mm. at the end without properly teasing it beforehand. That's if true. That makes sense. No, no, no. No, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that front. I, that, that, that's, there's definitely things that could have been done a lot better with the series. In the end, I probably would give it like the first, the first arc, uh, probably like a seven and a half. Like, um, I'm glad I read it because now I think they have a chance to go and kind of figure things out in this second arc. But they definitely dropped the ball yeah. on instances mm-hmm. where it was, it was a little agree. frustrating. Yeah, um, seven and a half, eight. But um, so yeah. the real Maybe an eight, yeah, but it's you know the the, the beginning catering. Yeah, there's like the three good issues, and then two that are like frustrating. Yeah. So, yeah, it's in that range. Um, caught up on Knighted number two. Absolutely nice. loved it. Nice. Um, the Fourth Man. Yeah, this book is fucking awesome, Nicholas. And I'm really upset that we weren't we we didn't get the review copy because this is a book I would have loved to have reviewed um, and had dropped on uh, a new comic book day last week because this yep. book is awesome. I, I couldn't believe that we see one. So with like obviously we want to be careful about how much detail we go into it, right? But well, no, whatever. It's, it's, well, you it's, can describe the characters. Yeah. But the the two characters that I'm like, wait a minute, is we get one is a Paul Giamatti lookalike, yeah. and yeah. then the other one is a young James Caan lookalike. Yeah, too. it's like oh, yeah. all right. I'm like at first I see him, I'm like wait a minute, is that that's James Caan? Like when he was like playing Sonny, is that is that what we're going for here? The Paul Giamatti one too. I had to look at like three or four times. And so like, this is what I what I love about Diodato's art is that um, it's very you know he's he, he's very realistic while still mm-hmm. giving you that comic book feel. And so at the end of the book, if you look, you know, there's um, he talks about sort of the art process he does. And so like when he's doing books like this, he casts characters in his head. It's like mm. he's casting for a movie, and then mm. that's how he draws. So, like when he read the script, he's like, "I envisioned, you know, so and so playing this part. I envisioned so and so playing that part." And then um, I forget who the writer is um, on this book. It's uh, McComsey. No, yeah, um, is McComsey? it McComsey? McComsey, yeah. And uh, so, like, I guess he had done all this research and sent him this big packet of saying, like, yeah. "These are the these are the actors I envisioned for." And he's like, "Oh my god, we're on the same page." So, like, 
I love that. Like he's drawing, like he's casting for like a real, because we see that in resistance. The president looks like Ed Harris. Yeah. That's exactly. Right? When I saw Jim, Jim, I'm like, Oh, that's right. This is the, 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 the one that did Ed Harris. And yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, funny. But all, yeah. Really, really good first issue. Um, And then with the fourth man too, like you, like you totally get it as you're reading, like this is a four issue story and everything It all. Yeah. It all makes a lot of sense. A really, really yeah. promising first issue for yeah. sure. And then the other one I caught up, and we can both discuss this one, is uh, Marj- uh, Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal Number 8. Yes. So I did. We, did, we didn't get this, you know, just again, issues with review copies and everything happens all the time with, with companies. Um, but we didn't get to talk about Marjorie Finnegan in the finale last week, of course, that came out. Um, and Joe and I had been, you know, talk about certain series being having a little bit of a pacing issue. This is one where Red Issue 8, Joe, and I was like, this would have been, this is good. This would have been a lot better if we had gotten this sooner. Like this, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Said it all along. It should have been six issues, not eight. Mm-hmm. There was just a little too much fluff in there, if you will. You know, yeah. just You know, I think I think we saw it in issues. You know, like six and seven. Like we we didn't necessarily need those two issues. They didn't mm-hmm. really add much. Yeah, we get a backstory on on the head, um, and we get some. We get you know we get some character development between Marge and her sister, Harry, but like, I don't know. This thing was like cooking with gas and then it just kind of came to a screeching halt and then ended with a bang. I mean, it was a great ending. It was a great yeah. finale. It just was two issues. Yeah. Longer than it, it, it's we got, it's just strange because we're getting background in certain areas where it's like, okay, like I don't mind a little bit of this and, and some of it getting mixed in the story. But I don't. There's just too much of it. I mean, like the the big overweight guy that like who's supposed to know everything. Like that whole issue, like to me, was the biggest waste of them all. I didn't yeah. quite get that. And you talk about the stuff with Tim, the the head that that yeah. um, Marge carries around the whole time. That was more interesting. That backstory, sure, I like that. But I didn't need an entire issue of it though. And after and after all this other stuff we've gotten, it's just like wait, what? And there's no like real payoff. You know, like there's like one moment, like at the end, where it's like, huh, okay, like. Did we have the whole issue just for that moment right there and the final thing? It was it was odd. I didn't understand yeah. that. So yeah, to um, me there was there was zero payout. It was it was unneeded because this world is so is so bananas, right? Mm-hmm. It's so screwed up that seeing a you know a head in a case that is her partner, like you believe that you don't need any mm-hmm. context for him. Uh, you know, unless he had something uh, impact of the finale, and he didn't. Yeah, he, he just it, it just it just it there was a there was zero pay there was that one moment, but there was zero payoff. Like yeah, you didn't need it at all. It didn't add anything. Didn't change. Uh, you know, you know what the finale was, and so it was almost like oh shit, we committed to eight. We need to have eight. Let's do an issue on this. Yeah, and. and- I don't, I don't understand it, but uh, other than maybe that the issue you ran into, but I would think that Ennis kind of had an idea what he was going to do. But like the the Lord of Evil too, like his whole plan was brilliant, definitely yes. evil. And but this is other than when we kind of learn what his plan is, this issue was absolutely that character's best issue. Don't get me wrong. I like that the last issue is his best issue, but it's just other than when we first learned his plan, like the details of his plan, outside of that, I was like, this guy kind of sucks. Yeah. Like it just he didn't do it for me enough. Like it's just like he's this all powerful thing. Like he just wears a shirt that says sexy beast. And yes, he's kind of unassuming. You'd assume the devil next to him is the real Stan. Lord of Evil. Yeah, yeah Stan. But like it, yeah. so it was just it was it was odd. Um and, and, and like there were it's a solid series in the end. Um, but definitely again, like you you said it, it's it's two issues too long. I think that's where yeah. you you make this into a six issue thing, and then we're having a much different conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. But um, so got to finish that, got to read the first issue of Bylines and Blood from Aftershock. Solid um, enough for me to go and pick up the next issue. Um, but I would say solid. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily go beyond that. Um, and then the final issue of Inferno came out um, and I was I got a little behind on that one. Wasn't able to read it before last episode. But if you read the X-Men stuff like that before they did the whole reset with Krakoa and everything and you've been away, this is a good way. This is a good spot to jump back in because they're going to be doing a lot of stuff moving for a lot of um, stuff spinning out of this. It's kind of I think what is it the way because I think Benjamin Percy kind of 
Um, so there's a change in narrative and everything like that, narration, yeah. whatever, in the tone that you can tell is they, there is now a huge shift with this series because of what's happened with the key players that are involved, like all in Krakoa. Now you got all mutants and stuff, but it's just much like with uh, trials of Magneto, where you see like what uh, Wanda's major effect on Krakoa. Now with this, you're seeing like other key players that were kind of handling things at the beginning of Krakoa. Now this is like a big check-in point with a lot of them. So definitely read this series. If you, um, if you've been away for a while and want to get back into all the X-Men stuff um, as they kind of shift things around, but really, really good series for sure. All right, um, and now it is time for us to finally get over to what's new, um, and we'll we'll pick up where we left off and go with Marvel. We got Amazing Spider-Man eighty-five, Star Wars twenty, Star Wars Bounty Hunters twenty, X-Men Legends ten, Devil's Reign Superior four issue one, which I did read. That did you get a chance to pick that up? Before I haven't read it yet. Okay, yep. it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I th- I'm assuming this is going to be. No, there's, I know we're getting at least another issue of it. Um, definitely promising. The deck, Death of Doctor Strange, Bloodstone issue one, uh, Wastelanders, Black Widow issue one, which I might pick that up. Um, the Thing issue three, King Conan issue two, Marvel Voices Heritage issue one. Um, then for the stuff that you read, Joe, uh, what do you got? Yeah, Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, issue three, and Dark, Hor- Dark Hawk five. Excuse me. Um, I picked up, or I decided to to read um, in the review copy, Star Wars: The High Republic, Eye of the Storm, issue one. Now I've said that the High Republic's been a little disappointing for me, but I saw this cover, Joe, and I was like, whoa! You got this dude who's got this badass armor, and he's holding a yellow lightsaber. Which I mean, like anytime we're mixing different colored lightsabers, I'm interested. And then it's like, what? <laughs> just like way too much backstory about people I don't even know anything about. And like, these, it's not character. I'm not, not familiar with any of this stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like there's, it, and I look at the next cover. It's like, oh, that looks awesome too. This character, see, <laughs> like the character has an interesting backstory for sure, but it's just like, way, like too much at once for me yeah. to take in. Like, it's so I, I'm still going to go and give the next issue a chance because I do this with Star Wars. I always forgive it all the time, like everybody else. Um, we just, we want the next thing because we think it could be cool. And because this character, the main character could be very, very cool. Um, but I'm going, I'm treading cautiously through this. But like the potential there, like is definitely more so than I think what the mainline High Republic has given me so far. Um, and then we got two books that we both picked up from uh, from Marvel this week. We got Dark Ages 4 and then Daredevil Woman Without Fear issue 1. Which one do you want to look at first? Uh, let's start with Dark Ages. Did you read it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. Oh, oh my God. Oh. So good. I love it. I, I love it. The, the t- Taylor's kicking ass. And uh, who's the artist? I got I, I to pull that that uh, image up because the artist on that Is it Caballo? I don't know. But go ahead. What, 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 I mean, uh, like it was but- – it's so much. Fun. We, I mean, we, we've been talking about this book from the get go, mm-hmm. and we're what four issues in now. Like, get on it. Like, this, like, I didn't know how I felt about this issue. Like, like the first half of the book, it's like, okay, like issue three, issues one, two, and three were like, we're really freaking good. And this one's like, oh, okay, all right, where are we hmm. going with this? Where are we going with this? And they go, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. Yep. What? Yep. Are you fucking me? What's going on here? And mm-hmm. and now it's like I need five. I need it now. I need it. I need it right fucking now. It is so friggin' good. Yeah, it's this is one like this is one of those series where it's like we talk, you know, we don't we say this. I don't think we say this a whole lot, but like when you think about like what comics are supposed to be about when you're dealing with characters that are like fun and we all, we like them all. Like Dark Knights of Steel is is kind of that. Like it's its own self contained thing, but it's characters we're familiar with, and you're putting them in really fun, interesting positions. Yep. Um, actually, which that that is another one that I oh did I did I catch up on that one? No, I didn't get. I, no, I did read that one. Yes, I did. Um, but that that series has been great. But this is a similar thing, right? Not in the sense like this is a different kind of Dark Ages, but you just these are characters we're familiar with, and we're having fun, and we're dicking around, and it's Tom Taylor too. It's like no one's ever really safe in these stories either. Yeah, these are like black label type stories right. that we like, right? You're taking characters, you're not telling canon stories, so you can have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ivan Coelho. Yeah, that was, that was yep. Who's, and, I um, don't think I'm familiar with I- Ivan's work. Oh, he's done some good stuff. Yeah, he's done some good stuff. Uh, I, I love this series. I mean, in that first thing you get to is Pirate Nightcrawler. That's the first page yeah. you see. It's like, oh, yeah. Eye patch. Yeah, give me that shit all freaking uh, day. But Taylor's having a ball with this shit, right? 
mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's just he's going nuts and he's doing an excellent job. So um, Dark Ages Four, like get on it, read it. You you can probably still grab copies at your local comic shop. So mm-hmm. so get on that. And then um, my man Zadarsky, I got to wrap this up. Nick told me we could we had to keep it in thirty minutes. Today. No, we're fine. I said it to you beforehand so that we have a time limit. But no, of course it's out the door now, Joe. Look at this. We're in Marvel, uh, <laughs> and it's not even thirty. It's almost thirty minutes. So uh, Zadarsky's, you know. So we we've got the end of Daredevil. We're in Devil's Reign. And we get uh, so Daredevil Woman Without Fear number one is Electra's story, and, mm-hmm. and you get a, a bit of this in Devil's Reign uh, issue two. And I fucking love this because, as I've said all along, like Zadarsky gets the character Daredevil like no one else, you know, mm-hmm. and and his grasp on these characters and what he's done with them and how he's transformed them without like completely like changing their DNA. Like it, the where Electra is now and where she's come from, it's, it's a huge change, but he's, he's done so methodically so that it's, it's, it's believable and it doesn't feel like it's coming out of left field. Mm-hmm. And the story that he tells in this book with her and yeah. everything with Matt and the hand and, and the shit that he, like he drops yeah, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it really is. And for me, the some of the cool stuff too is like seeing the moment with the, the flashbacks from their days at Columbia too. Yeah, and it's like oh yeah, like yeah. this is just stuff that that happened you know ages ago, like before. I mean, before I was born in comics. So it's just it's yeah. kind of cool seeing Zdarsky bring it all back, and like that's what's so I think is is a challenge sometimes with um. With with you know dealing with legacy characters, you you have all this stuff that's happened already. How do you use that source material effectively without you know just being that? And Starsky right. does it so well too. And like you said, he t- he's taken his time with his character, and you know that better than I do. Um, like, it, but it's been uh, it, I've really enjoyed this. As someone who's still behind on Daredevil, like I'm still very much able to enjoy this series, and I can't say it enough. Like I love the look, and, this look for Electra. She's looks, it, she's awesome. Oh, I know, and the way it ended, yeah, right. The way it ended, and mm-hmm. this is a this is a perfect example. We had some breadcrumbs of this. When I saw it, it hit me over the you know the, the over the head like a sack of bricks. But then I'm recalling some shit I, I believe from Devil's Reign, and like there's some there were some breadcrumbs here. Mm-hmm. I should have seen this coming, but it, it oh man, the way it ends is fucking brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, a- absolutely. And and look, if you like Daredevil and you've only been able to pay attention to the peripheral or from what Joe's saying, um, every time on TLDR. You can still get in on this series. You can still absolutely enjoy it because I've read some of Daredevil, but I am absolutely behind and I'm still loving every little bit of this. Cause you know, if you know the character, you're going to be able to get by on it, but um, move over to DC. We have uh, detective comics, 1048, which you're reading. And then the Joker 11. Are you caught up on the Joker? I have to read this issue, but I'm caught up to this. Point. Okay. Batman urban legends, Batgirls two, which are two titles that I've been reading as well as a future state Gotham issue nine. Um, then we have, I am Batman five, Harley Quinn, eat bang, kill tour issue five Titans five, um, justice league versus the Legion of superheroes issue one, which neither of us are picking up Pennyworth six, which is this a seven issue series. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's, if it's seven or 12, uh, it definitely 12. Didn't end at six, but it was, it's fantastic. You, uh, yeah, I know you've been liking that series a lot, and I know hopefully uh, you can talk about that on the show uh, when, when the, all that wraps up or maybe with the first arc. Um, but the other one that came out this week, that's the big one for us that we've been waiting to, to dig into, is Robin and Batman. Speaking of Jeff Lemire, uh, this is the final issue of that story he was working on, which is not a black label thing. It's its own. It's definitely within the Batman-Robin uh, universe and everything, but this is Dick Grayson's story about him becoming Robin like the the like the steps just before him like finally getting that the the armor and everything the outfit and then just a little bit like his first experience and i absolutely love this this was an outstanding series if you like batman if you like dick grayson i would i absolutely recommend you guys pick this one up and i know joe's going to echo me on this to some extent but the, the the and this was a great ending the second issue for me though the stuff with the justice league was absolutely yeah. my favorite part of the entire series it was so freaking like like thinking about like as a kid parent relationship like pretty fucked up yeah yeah and i mean i, I just 
and just you know wax poetic about Chip Zdarsky understanding his characters. Jeff Lemire, mm. right? You know, it, it's the thing that's always drawn me to his work in general, his his character work, and like understanding Dick, like a young Dick Grayson, and and Batman, like you know that that father son relationship there, like he just he just friggin nailed it but again that father-son relationship with alfred and uh and, yeah. and Dick, right mm-hmm. like we're seeing that in tom taylor yeah right. i've been saying this now for a couple of weeks like alfred has like i don't know he's he's become this i don't know i i he, he's this character now that i look at in a much different light because of the way he's been written by lemire um by taylor you know, and, and even Tynan before, you know, Tynan killed him off, mm. you know, there's, there's something about him that like, he's all the good parts of what, you know, Batman should be right. He's like, yeah. he really is the yin to Batman's yang. Right. Yeah. And you know, as much of a dick as Bruce Wayne is, you've got Alfred there who is just as smart, just as wise, but he's, he's caring. And so the way that he, he interacts with also in, um, in the, um, in the Robin series with Joshua Williamson, mm-hmm. you know, the ghost of Alfred, right. And, and, you know, the role that he plays, you know, with Damien there, there's, there's something very special about that character and it really shines through in this, in this series. And I love the artwork cause it had, it was all, it was all watercolors, which I think just gave it an extra, like it, it helped with the tone. Because mm-hmm. uh, even though, like you think of watercolors, it's it's, it's kind of loose, but it also gave it a grittiness, which mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed, and it was just it was absolutely fantastic. You know, you're right; it did have a grittiness to it, and I never, I don't know if I ever thought about it in that sense, just because it's watercolor. But that says a lot too about like yeah. about how that was done, because that's just to me that would I would think that'd be a lot harder to get that kind of yeah. cross, so that sort of thing. But also has to do with like the pencil work of it too, although. Or though was it really pencil work or was it just all water watercolor? It's got to be. Well, pencil I mean, there work was pen, there was pencil work, yeah. you know, because you like Croc was so like he was someone who looked so like raw. It felt like yeah. in, in the especially story. young Croc too, right? When you mm-hmm. see that, that right, the amazing it's funny. Croc. When you say you say that, that's the first Croc I think I was thinking of after. And it's partially coming off of the third issue, but yeah, the, the yeah. young Croc was definitely like oh boy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, this was this was an awesome series, and it just. Anytime you go back in time with a character that is a legacy character and you try and fill a certain gap, to me, I would think that's got to be one of the hardest things to do in comics, if not the absolute hardest thing to do. Because it's like, okay, you're going to go in, in this certain period of time. You have to know the history really well, but it's that way, you know, you, you pay respect to it. But at the same time, you're not going to go and like repeat it necessarily like someone else's work. I, I got to imagine that's a very challenging thing to do. But then, like, and then make it feel like it belonged the whole time. Like, this was absolutely part of the story the entire time. We just didn't ha- know exactly. And that's exactly how Robin and Batman feels from start to finish. Awesome series. Fun read. These are all, I think, double-sized issues, right, Joe? Uh, yeah. Something like that. I mean, you're close to it. Yeah. Close to it. But it reads, it reads super quick. Yeah, absolutely. So pick up that trade when it comes out. Or, obviously, if you've been on board the whole time, that issue is available at your local comic shop on New Comic Book Day. This week, um, we go over to Boom, Mighty Morphin 15. We have the Altarian War going on right now over there. Been some great stuff from Ryan Parrott. Um, and then Buffy, The Last Vampire Slayer, issue two. Um, Image, we have, we have another another big week. You can't say banner week for Image because it's like you just. It's a regular do- week for Image at this point. Yep. Department of Truth 15, which of course you are reading. Undiscovered Country 18, which we're both reading. What's the furthest place from here? Issue three. Rain issue one, which I was hoping you were going to give that one a peek. Um, I do think I, I tried. I got like a page in and I said, no, I'm reading something else. Not that I'm not going to go back to reading it, but like I had other books I wanted to make sure I read for this week. And after Mm -hmm. reading a page, like I'll come back and read this later. Okay. Yeah. I I think I, I didn't realize what the, I, I, we talked about it a while back. I know it's Joe Hill, but I just haven't, um, I gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta give that one a look because um, I'm not, I'm not yeah. certain on that one, of course. But how do you know until you read it? Um, Inkblot 15. Uh, then we have King of Spies issue two, which I did not get to look at yet. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we don't, we didn't get the. We have to like put in an extra request for the review copies. So that's why there's no review out for me this week. But I could not be more excited going into the second issue when I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm setting myself up to be let down because it was so good. But I, I have confidence in Millar to, to continue forward with this one. Um, but then we have my favorite book that I haven't read yet, The Good Asian, Issue 8, which uh, you had something apparently you wanted to say. I just, every time you like think this book has sort of reached its it's you know its peak, its pinnacle, it just gets better and better. Oh. I mean, it's like uh, did you ever watch the movie LA Confidential? No. Oh, hey, watch it. It's a really it's a really good uh movie. Um but again, it's just that it's that that early crime noir. It's just it's fantastic. It is mm. like it is a tremendous crime story. And again, it had a nice last issue, had an oh fuck moment. This issue has another like, oh what? So this is this has been absolutely fantastic. So is this um is this a limited series? Not limited, but like is this have like a finite uh or well it so it was supposed to be. I was reading the uh, it was only supposed to be nine issues. Um okay. and uh it's going on longer. I don't know if it's gonna be ongoing. But it's definitely not stopping at nine. So whether it's twelve or whatever, but do you think you're going to do the episode for the show after nine? Is that the plan? Like, well, earliest? I don't know because the way he was, the way the uh, the author um, uh, was describing it, he's just like you know that was the original plan. But then, um, you know, the um, the stop Asian hate you know movement started, and that kind of changed his you know sort of perception of how he was going to tackle the book um and then uh, you know the editor said no you got to keep going with this this is such a good story so again i don't know i'll have to do some research because if it's only going to be say go from 9 to 12 i'm going to wait until 12 and then do it once it's i i'd much rather do it when it's completed that's uh, fair because that's of the fair. story that it is mm-hmm. uh, so i'll just have to you know make that decision down the road Okay, so you're telling me that the title that I called dibs on and then you stole for me in broad daylight, I'm going to have to continue to wait for on, even though it's supposed to end at nine. Got it. Okay, got it. Clear. All right. Nice. Not bullshit at all. Um, all right, so we go to – so then we talked about it a little bit earlier. Of course, we talked to the writer about this a while ago. But we finally got to read The Scorched issue one. Oh. I reviewed it on Geeks Worldwide and huh, – like, like absolutely pays off on the action, absolutely pays off on the craziness. Um, you know, Sean talked a little bit about how, you know, writing Gunslinger, who's now got his own title and everything too, but there's a little bit of a different experience here. We, we get a tie into Spawn's universe, I mean, to King Spawn, excuse me. Um, and then, of course, the, the, we get a lot more She Spawn. You just get everything that you're going to hear in that interview from Sean and more. Like, it's, it's an awesome first issue, and I feel great about this title. Yeah. Yeah, the violence was fantastic. Ugh. And I feel like they haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. You know, just, just some of the panels you get. Um the with wolf gunslinger stuff. spawn. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, all of it. All of it. It's just it it's it's so fucking good. Like for anyone who enjoys spawn, you're gonna love it. But like yeah. I still have to catch up on the last two mainline issues, which I'm not exactly like, oh fuck, I gotta go back and read those. But like for the, the the King Spawn stuff and the um, Gunslinger Spawn stuff, like those are top of the stack each week. Yep, you know must reads, and this is right there with it. And and part of it, I feel like you know with the with the mainline Spawn, it's just like I don't know, just kind of like it, it, I don't I, I don't feel like I need it with what I'm getting between King Spawn, Gunslinger Spawn, and now this. It's what it, it and, and like that's where like McFarlane has struck gold with this because Sean is has done a great job with this. Like he's off to a really good start with, with the scores and his first arc with King spawn absolutely kicked ass. King spawn is the best spawn book right now. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, that's not even up for debate. I don't think anybody who, who loves spawn is going to go and say, otherwise I still like the main spawn, but it is absolute like it, it has moved down the power rankings very quickly among the four spawn books now. Um, because the scorched has has an outstanding start, and like this is one for for those who haven't picked it up yet or whatever. It's um it's different in, in quite a few ways from King Spawn. But to me, the biggest difference is with King Spawn. As much as Javier Fernandez's art is is great and 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 I absolutely love it, and even when he's doing the covers too, it's been great. Sean's writing also stands out a lot. Like it's more together, like like mm-hmm. like a equal partnership in that sense. I'm not saying Sean's not doing a great job, of course, but what I mean is 
this is all about the action, all about the craziness. And as much as he's the one that's writing all the stuff that's like being drawn on the page and everything, he seems to be more like facilitating in this instance. And I, we talked about it with him a little bit about what, what the difference experience was like, but that's what I get out of this. So we're like, I give like, that is, I think it's a different, takes a different set of skills to do and definitely uh, presents his own challenges to me. I'm going to look at Sean's best work more so at guess Kingspawn because like, it's just what it, I know it's only one issue of the scores, but that to me is like where he's really getting to stand out with this. He's, he did a great job, but it's like kind of like making sure that he just keeps everything on pace in a cohesive story. And he, and he absolutely yeah. knocks it out. Of he, he, he's tying, he's tying all the threads together. Yeah. Right. So that it just doesn't seem like it's an independent story of everything else that's going on. Yeah, you know, not. he's, he's able to, you know, uh, you know, balance what's going on really between because the the two biggest like it was King Spawn and the Scorched. I feel are deeply rooted and connected with each other. Yeah, it, like, and, and makes it makes sense because he's writing them both. Mm -hmm. You know, because what's happening in you know um, Mainline yeah. Spawn and what's happening in Gunslinger Spawn are are independent, but you get those threads pulled together a little bit. Yeah, right. and um, it was it was just so fucking good. Yeah, it was and just again quick read, bloody art was fantastic. Moved you know this is this is what I want. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I like and look, I, I I'm really enjoying Gunslinger, but I do look at that differently. Like I'm I have different a different set of expectations, and that's really like as much as Todd's writing that book. And I and look, he's over, he's got his hands in all of these things. Um. Like I look at that as like Brett 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 Booth's book to shine. Like he's the one that's drawing all drawing everything and he's showing off and whatnot. And he, and he's been great in that series. To me, the art is telling that story more than anything else. I think King Spawn is like the most complete thing of the the four books mm -hmm. right now, and that's great. Like we we get a little bit of everything. Like a team the team book still has a different vibe than Gunslinger Spawn, and then Spawn is I'm still going to read Spawn. Like that's not going to change, but it's it's definitely like on a in a different um has a different appeal to me than the other stuff does. But I I, I like right now coming off of the scorched I, your recency bias or whatever. Like to me, I'm probably with you that it's probably King Spawn, Scorched, Gunslinger, and then Spawn. But it's really cool. like the two and three, like I could, like could go either way. They both King Spawn makes mainline Spawn obsolete to me. To be honest hmm. with you, like I'm gonna keep yeah. reading it because I like reading it, and you you know you know it's going somewhere. But like, I don't need that. I, I get I get what I need. Like King Spawn should it. What should have happened is we shouldn't have had a separate King Spawn title. Hmm. McFarlane should have just given the reins to Spawn to Sean. Mm -hmm. And let yeah. that be the driving force, and then you could have Scorched and Gunslinger come off that, and and, and yeah, maybe it would make more and, sense to right. have it. You know what? Maybe down the line. I mean, just my opinion. Um, yeah. But what? Maybe down the line, you take away King Spawn, put Sean on that, and then and put on Spawn, and then you create maybe something like a She Spawn title, like and give her yeah. her own thing. You know, we don't know how. Like, because there's a part in the Scorched where it's like, oh wait, what? Like, like that, there's one line that Sean, like his best line of the whole thing too, is like he's talking about the formation, but then there's like a slight twist when he, after he's talking about that, I'm like, wait, wait yeah. what? <laughs> so like it's, he, he can go in a lot of different directions with it. Um, so yeah, like I, I put, I would have him do as much as possible with Spawn, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's got it going right now. He's got a great feel for this universe really early on. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what he does going forward, of course. So um, finally, we got all the four Spawn, bo Spawn books going forward. So we should be getting one, like once, one every week, pretty yeah. much. Right. So I think so. Yeah. Pre pretty crazy. Um, to round things out, we got uh, Aftershock Maniac of New York, the Bronx is burning issue two, which you still got to talk about the, the original Maniac of New York. Who's going to talk about that on the show is up for debate. We shall see. Um, Cause I do have all those. Um, haven't read them yet. Cause I'm waiting for you. Um, Skybound Stillwater issue 12. Of course, the Darsky book that you are reading. I, I don't ever remember calling dibs on it, but you know, Hey, I guess so. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Duly noted. You didn't, you definitely didn't call dibs. You said you were, you, someone been talking to you about reading it and you had it. So yeah. you were like, you were planning on it, but. Then my my guy at, at Time Capsule said like, hey, you'll like this. Take you know, take all these. Okay. Um, anyways, IDW Star Wars: The High Republic Adventures issue twelve. AWA we have Knighted Three and Hotel Volume Two issue two. 
Um, still waiting. We were supposed to get We Have Demons at three. I think this week we're still waiting on that. Still not up. Um, then from Vault, we have Rewrite Titans issue one and Lunar Room issue two. And then from Dynamite, I I don't know if like you want me to lay off of this because you're planning on doing a Red Sonya thing. Um, no, you can read this if you want. Like I'm definitely doing Mirka and Dolfo's Red Sonya book, but like I, I don't I don't have claim to all Red Sonya properties. Mm, okay, well I just want to take away from anything from when you did the episode. But Hell Sonya issue one is yeah. out this week. I yeah. you're excited about that one. So yeah, if, if they have, I mean, I'm going to buy it digitally if I can't find it in New Room, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually looking forward to another reading more Red Sonia, which is the huge props to Mary Gandolfo. Nice, yeah. she's great, of course. We love yeah. her. Someone we should probably have on, we should try and get on the show at some point yeah. down the line because we've uh, praised her enough on here that uh, we need to ask her questions and whatnot, especially after we talk. Maybe after we talk about Sweet Paprika, we can start trying to work towards that because. That's where that, that's where I really have questions. But, anyways, um, so that is that is it for our abbreviated version of TLDR. It is abbreviated. We're still under an hour. Um, yeah. but make sure if you guys haven't already, go listen to the uh, Scorch interview with Sean. Which, if you're watching us, drops Wednesday at midnight. If you're listening to us in audio version, it is now live for you to listen to. Um, but Joe, um, you guys got Pineapple Boys this week. Uh, we do. We have the season finale. Uh, uh, one of the 16? greatest season finales in uh, in TV history. Oh, uh, fantastic, fantastic! Yeah. So is this season three, episode sixteen? Correct. Okay, nice. Yeah. And make sure you guys go follow Joe on Twitch as well. Some of you watch us over there, of course. Um, and then change my mind this week. We did a draft with Rossi. We did a build a cinema draft. I think it was year twenty fifteen. We actually did. Um, which. The first overall pick in a year that we have Star Wars, Force Awakens, and Ant-Man, um, Jurassic World. The first Jurassic World was taken. Thank you. Was that was that Rossi? No, it was Wes. Oh, well, Wes, I, Wes isn't the Star Wars guy, so that makes sense why he didn't take Force Awakens. Yeah, but I would have um, taken – I took Ant-Man. I had the second pick, and to me, that's the best one of the year. Yeah, yeah I got to take a look at uh, 2015, but – well, that's a make, solid pick. Make sure if any of you decide to vote on that poll when it goes out, make sure you listen to Rossi's explanations of his picks because he picked some good ones. Maybe he hasn't seen one, two, or three of those movies on his roster, like a six movie <laughs> roster. So kind of bullshit. Just want to throw that out there to everybody. Make sure you vote for me is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. <laughs> so until next week, Joe, uh, which actually next week we have our saga special, which will be broadcast at night on Tuesday. Not sure on the exact time. Um, or maybe I am. I just have my phone. I can't remember. But we will uh, share that with you guys. But we have uh, Rich Keefe is going to be joining us from Hashtag Dork to do a spe- saga special with the book coming back, not next week, but the following week. So until then, Joe, stay sexy. You know it. <laughs>